So what we're looking at tonight is where do we draw from the wellspring? And what I'm going to cover is that question of um, uh, the wellspring, how, how I draw from that. But um, I actually decided to replace the word draw with receive because recently the Lord used that word. So I'm going to look at how we receive from the wellspring, the what and the how, and a few examples of that. Hopefully some more recent ones, and the Lord will probably f- um, fit some in as we're talking. You know, he does that, eh? Um, the other thing we're going to look at is the purpose of receiving from the wellspring. You know, because if it was just about us receiving and filling our little vessels, um, it'd be quite boring, I reckon. But there is a, a, a purpose, there's an eternity purpose for why we receive and why we receive what we receive. And the other thing I'm going to fit in here, if we have time, is a little bit of a teachy thing um, on the differences between Rhema and Logos, because the question for the activity is on that. So those of you who are taking notes, you'll probably get all the answers correct, and you get the chocolate. Not that I have any. (laughs) Greg's got the chocolate. Anyway, our um, wellspring. Who is our key wellspring? Jesus. Jesus. All right, also Jesus through others, also Jesus through other sources, because he does speak through a lot of stuff. I'm finding that more and more now. Um, All right, Uh, so our source, our wellspring is Jesus, who is the word of God, who is truth. And the key scriptures I'm going to use today, there's there's a whole lot, but I'm just going to pick out maybe four um, to make this thing legal. You know how it is. God doesn't mind. So I've got John 6.63, and it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, and the word there is rhema, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. The other one is John 6.68. And who is speaking here? Peter. And he... You know, it's just after Jesus is explaining that he is the bread of life. And does it offend people? They think he's talking about cannibalism and stuff like that. And then a lot of people leave. And then the Lord says to Peter, are you going to leave me as well? That breaks my heart. Gets me all the time. And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life that gets me all the time. I told myself I wasn't going to do this, but hey, that's just the way it is. <laughs> so the other um, key scripture which has been coming through all the the sessions that the sessions that we've had so far is Matthew four verse four. Greg's done his homework. And this is when Jesus is tested by what's-his-face. All right? So he's quoting scripture, but it's slightly twisted, as he does. Yeah? He's such a deceitful thing. 
And the Lord turns around and replaces that lie with the truth. And he's saying, this is what the Passion says for Matthew 4, 4. Bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word, rhema, which constantly goes forth from whose mouth? From God's mouth. The message says, and Jesus is quoting from which Old Testament scripture? Deuteronomy, yay. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. Gosh, we should do tests on these things, eh? (laughs) And the message says, It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words. The word is rhema again. From God's mouth. And then the last scripture, Matthew 24, 35. And Jesus is speaking Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, the word is logos here now, will never pass away. So if that doesn't validate the lordship of Jesus, I don't know what does. So if you're interested, I've got the notes up here if you're wanting some of those scriptures. Um, The other uh, thing I've been reading lately is the Psalms. And Psalm 16, uh, 1 to 11 I'm going to look at verse 2 of that passage, Psalm 16, 1 to 11. Verse 2 says, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. That is such a statement. All right. Um, Verse 5 of the same passage says, Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Actually, yeah, that's something I'm still learning to do. And verse 7 says, The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and soul explode with joy, full of joy. Even my body will rest confident and secure. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death. Nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life. The path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. I'm, I find this passage amazing because he's taken me through all of that and I've had a lived experience of each of these things um, outlined on that, that psalm and that psalm. So the little bit of a teachy thing that we're going to do is the differences between logo and rhema. What is the Logos? What is the Logos? The Word of God. It's to do with the written Word of God. Yes? And it also links to this term. Sorry about the Greek, Greek. The, the Greek is chronos. It has to do with chronology. And it's mentioned 316 times in the Old Testament. So it's a written Word of God. It is what we know as the Bible. 
and it's a record of what God has said. The rhema, now the Greek for that is kairos. I know that some of you know this because you've done Bible school and all of that. Might as well bring it in so that the Lord can put his rhema on top of it. (laughs) Rhema is used 63 times in the um, New Testament. And it is, someone says, the, the call of God to do with your destiny. It is the rhema word. Sorry, it's a, a specific word given for a specific occasion and time that is quickened to the spirit of a person. It is the instant speaking of God to you, to us, the inspired and creative word of God. It can guide and turn us back to God. Would you say that what Greg quoted tonight was a rhema? Yeah, because you wouldn't find it exactly in here, would you? You might, but that is a rhema, perfect example of a rhema. Minding our own business and the Lord is always wanting to talk to us. He's always got something to say to us. Um, okay, through Rhema, we can experience God subjectively and experientially as just as well because I'm one of these people that feels God, that senses God, that knows. There's, there's, we have a knower when we know what God is saying to us. I've only heard his audible voice maybe a couple of times. Maybe it's because he had to get my attention because I was going the wrong way. But most of the time, the rhema comes through um, other ways, uh, reading his word. When you're reading his word, the rhema can come because you're in the logos. So any of you who have those visions where the words pop up out of the Bible, that is a rhema, I would say. All right? Um, and we'll give examples of that, of, of my experience of that later on. Okay, that is a little bit of teachery thing that we've got out of the way, so you can answer the question in the activity. <laughs> okay, the other part I'm going to talk about now is the receiving, the how, the what, and the how. Okay, so what have I got here? As I read through the Word of God, His Logos, the Bible, Holy Spirit can also highlight things to us, certain verses, and you might have visions, you might have the words actually lift off the Bible because he wants you to see that. He wants to say something to you through that. Um, one of these, one of the examples that really changed my life forever was when I was reading through uh, Second Chronicles 6 and 7. I think I've told some of you this story. I was reading about, do you remember what is being talked about in those passages? Solomon is dedicating the temple. And what are the Israelites doing? They're in there and they are worshipping. Yeah, there's a lot of praying, there's a lot of worship, there's a festive atmosphere. And when I was reading that, the Lord did something, I don't know, I I can't explain how he did it, but he snapped me out of this realm and took me back to that event. 
and I was in awe and I just was speechless but I could experience everything as if I was there and it was only a snippet I could sense the vibe in the atmosphere I could hear the worship and I could feel the glory of God and sense his tangible massive presence now I got and then I was back in my current body again but because of that experience when I when we worship here now that has changed me forever how <laughs> after seeing something like that how could I ever worship without that excitement without that sense of awe and glory and wonderment for our amazing God so this is how the rhema can actually feed your spirit and um, teach you something about God. Okay. The other thing that that experience taught me was how God saw time. You know how we see time in a very linear kind of a way? It's our, it's our scientific paradigm thingy. So, oh, never mind. So we see time as a linear thing. So say, um, who's the youngest here? Greg, <laughs> Sandra, me over there. See, I was born in the 50s, okay? Greg was born in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. So, so we see it as a linear thing. Do you see it like that? With God, the way that he showed me you know when people say he's outside of time? I never got what that meant. I never understood that. But the way he showed me through that experience how he experiences time and how he understands time, it was like he had all of this in him. All of this in him. Everything that happened to Adam and Eve, everything that happened to the Israelites, what we're going through, it's like he has a record of all these things. And the way he showed me was that, like he pulled out this thing, this moment in time. Like he pulled it out and showed me. And it's not linear. It's, it's weird. But I don't know how to fully explain how that happens. But it's all in him. All in him. Anyway, that changed my life forever. I couldn't tell a lot of people because I was already having funny visions and people were going, hmm... Really difficult, really difficult living with this stuff, eh? But thankfully, more and more people are... I know that you guys are having dreams. I know because I get to interpret some of them. I'm so excited about what God is doing. Anyway, that's one example of how the Lord wants us to know about him, how he drops things into our current life from that spiritual realm. Um so that's how I receive, um, and I tend to get a few, not as dramatic as that anymore, unfortunately, but I tend to receive things from that spiritual realm at certain times, or when I'm asking for him, or crying out to him, or when um, people are preaching, um, Greg is, when Greg is speaking from up there, uh, Sandra, um, 
because of the gift of teaching on her life, I always receive something from that. A lot of rhema, Mao, um, all the people that have spoken from here, Chris last week, I'm always receiving something. And um, the how of this, because of what the Lord has taken me through, I've just decided that I'm going to have an open heart. Always have an open heart. I didn't feel like it this morning. (laughs) Because Greg was touching on something that's a little bit sensitive for me right now. The unforgiveness thing. I'll I'll talk to you about that later on. Maybe next year. Next year. (laughs) But I've just decided... You know, as a as a teacher, trainer, as an educator, I've retired now, but I decided that I was just going to have my heart open to see and to receive and to be teachable. So that's how I receive. The other thing, that's one factor, eh? But there are other factors that define or determine what you receive, okay? So I've got a few things here. It has to do with, what calls, what God calls you to do. Yeah? So what you receive often aligns up with any specific thing that God has asked you to do. For instance, I don't have very many examples, but say the fivefold, all right? I know that God is developing those offices right now. And what Greg receives will be something that aligns with the calling on his life. So what is, is what is an apostle supposed to do for the body? What does an apostle receive or do for the body? He receives revelations for the church, for the equipping, for the building. All right? What a prophet receives is slightly different, but it always accompanies or aligns with what apostles are receiving. And I say apostles because the thing in the Bible is plural. There's a key apostle maybe in the office and the prophet and so forth, but there are developing apostles and prophets within this mix right here. Um, and so that has a lot to do with what you receive, all right? So the reason I have dreams, and I know other people here are very prophetic. You you have dreams, you have visions, waking ones, sleeping ones, whatever. Um, you hear through animals, <laughs> especially dogs, because they're God's favorite animal, you know. <laughs> it's God's spelt backwards. Um, yeah, we we can hear in a lot of ways, but that determines... What you hear, I reckon. The other thing that defines or determines how and what we hear is this global thing. Yeah, We've got to look at the context, the historical context that we sit in. So the times that you're born into, what do people call these days at the moment? The last days is the last of the last days. Okay? And why do we know this? Every time we look at the news, everything that is in here, everything that God has prophesied, has written, we're all seeing it 
take place right in front of us. Matthew 24, Thessalonians, especially 2 Thessalonians, Revelations, Joel, all the prophets, the minor prophets, the major prophets, everything that he says comes true. And we're seeing it happening right in front of us. And the other thing is, have you ever wondered why you're born into such a time as this? Have you ever thought about that? I hope you are. So what you hear and receive also has to do with that context, that historical context. I get, and I know some of you do as well, I get a lot of bride dreams. The bride, the groom, the wedding, the marriage, the preparation for the marriage. It says a lot about the times that we're in. Yeah? There's a sense of urgency about what I get as well. So the gift of, for instance, the thing we talked about this morning, the gift of deliverance and healing. The Lord asked me to learn about that about 10 years ago. And because I dragged my feet, it took a while for that thing to come, to be established. Greg's laughing. I'm a naughty child, all right? I kick and I... (coughs) I say no, and then I do it. I, I eventually turn around and I do it because he knows I will. So he'll ask. And I go, no. And then, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a sense of urgency about what he's saying to us right now. So why do I know this? The language that he uses. You've heard Greg say something about acceleration up there? The prophets globally are saying the same thing. I don't know exactly what it means, but do you feel you're getting older faster? Yes. (laughs) No, it's not about that. (laughs) We're getting more intelligent. Our children, my grandchildren, are prophesying. The little one, the two-year-old, is saying, heal, be healed to the baby that's just been born. There are things happening like your, your, most of you here are, are the age of my children and they have almost double the thing that God gave me. You know, I hate Ali telling me off because she, what she's saying is really true and it's a lot bigger than what I ever received from the Lord. But there's something about the generation that goes from glory to glory There's a sense of urgency about everything he's saying right now. Why? We'll we'll come to that later. Anyway, the other thing that tells me that there's a sense of urgency about this is um, is it has a connection to what what happened to Mel and her last baby experience. Is Mel here? I did ask her permission for this. Now. How we receive is also in synchronicity with each other. I, I can only find this word, I can only use this word because it's the only word I think that uh, perfectly describes how we receive as a body. So I just, I just don't receive what I receive. It always has a link to what Sandra gets, to what Greg gets, to what you guys get over there. It has to... Um, make this big picture. Someone will receive a little bit here. You get different facets of God. 
And it makes this big picture. It creates this big picture in the message. So anyway, in synchronicity, I had this dream a while back where I was being birthed and my very breathy. I was being birthed through a canal and my feet were first. And I was coming down this canal really fast. And as I landed, I landed feet first. And I go, whoa, that's funny. What What is that dream about? And then the words that came with it were, hit the ground running. Does that give you a sense of urgency? I need to seek the Lord on why he has to do this to me. Why he puts this sense of urgency on everything he ta- he's telling us at the moment. Now, when Mal told her story about how her baby was positioned in her tummy, I was quickened in my spirit. I was thinking, oh, my God, that's the dream I had. And it was resonating with what's, what was in my spirit. Anyway, because of who Mal is and her intimacy with the Lord, the Lord is also saying something through her, through the lived experience of having a baby. And the baby's name is? That's not an accident. Okay? So the way God is speaking to us right now, it's not just urgent. It has to go, it has to be lived out. This is what was coming through Greg this morning. So we're not just using words anymore. Our lives demonstrate this message, this good news, this power from our living God. So there's so much happening, you know. So that's where I see the synchronicity happening. Now, it's exciting, I tell you. So last night as I was writing this up, I've actually um, dropped a whole lot of stuff, but never mind, doesn't matter. So there is a purpose for why we, we receive what we receive. There's a purpose. So when I started getting these visions, I started feeling, I was quite young and stupid, um, more, more sillier than I am now. But when I first started receiving them, I was quite young and immature, and I started feeling special, you know, yay, I'm a prophet, yay, I'm so special. And um, little did I know <laughs> what was coming, all the humbling that God had to put me through and stuff like that. So the lesson I learned in that is that when you're receiving, it's not just for you. You need to get over yourself. Get over ourselves, all right? It's always for the corporate, always for the body to equip, to build up, to encourage, to love, all of that. Okay, so why, you know how Mel said when she spoke that the Lord always wants to say something? He's got a lot to say, and he's keen to speak to us. And I said to him last night, you know, I was writing this up, What's the big deal? Why do you have to speak to us? Why don't you just leave us to do our own thing? You know, just let it run its course. Just let the world run its course, stuff like that. I had all these questions in my mind. And then he <laughs> hit me. Boom! The um, the word fell. And, you know, his presence fell. 
and he was saying, it's because I love you. <laughs> I was weeping. I was weeping. I, go, ah. I was trying to finish this thing, but I could barely um, keep myself together, you know. And then he dropped Second um, Peter 3, 9. I, I came up with that because it linked, it resonated with my spirit, with what he was saying. It's the last days. He's trying to say something to us. He's talking to us. He's wanting to say so much, you know. But it's all because he loves us. So anyway, I was trying to put Second Peter 3, 9 in to finish off the lesson. And that's the verse that says, to you one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day, and you're so patient that you will wait forever for your children, I'm paraphrasing, to turn back to you. This is a loving God. This is a loving, loving Father. And as I tried to put that one verse in, he, he was kind of prompting me, no, 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 put the whole thing in. <laughs> put the whole chapter in. So in between the weeping, I thought, I'll, I'll read this to you to finish off. And then um, prayerfully you would have received some rhema from what I'm saying. Um, and then we'll get on with our activity. Shall I read this? Okay, it's out of Nesby. Is that your favorite version? Nesby is the anointed version, I suppose. Second Peter 3. Now, when I read this last night, he was speaking right to my spirit, right to my heart. I was weeping. I was a mess. Now, pray that I don't do this here. Second Peter 3. This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles, including this one here. Gregory, the coming day of the Lord. Know this, first of all, that in the days mockers will come and them with their mocking, following after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. A new heaven and a new earth. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. This is a warning coming up. In which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the enemies will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burnt up. 
Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth. I've had a vision about this as well. It's amazing. It'll blow your mind. In which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him. Listen up. In peace, spotless, and blameless. Blameless. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures, to their own destruction. You, therefore, beloved, that's us, you, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. You get some ramas on that? All right. So that's all I have to share with you today. Thank you so much for listening. Bless you. All right. Activities. Get into your groups if you want and um, enjoy the activity and the fellowship. Thank you.